This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3630 for Friday, the 1st of July, 2022. Today's show is entitled, Planning an RV Trip. It is part of the series Travel. It is hosted by Alka and is about 19 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is, tools and suggestions for planning a long RV trip. Hello, this is Ahuka welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio, and uh, this time we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, I was chatting with Ken sometime back in, um, well, it was sometime last uh, 2021, and uh, saying that, well, you know, I'm going to be on the road, I'm not going to be able to uh, do any recording, um, and... You know, we're going to be taking this trip. And Ken said, well, hearing about your trip is something that I think people would like. Um, so um, if if you find this boring, you can blame Ken. If you like it, then you can thank me. <laughs> but what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to go into how we did it um, from start to finish uh, and warts and all, because we made some mistakes and we did a few things that made us look stupid, and uh, I will own up to them, uh, because I think that's the best way to do this sort of thing. Um, now, a little background. My wife and I did some traveling early on. Um, we went to San Francisco in January of 1979, and we got engaged while we were there. Uh, we went to Austria for our honeymoon in late 1979, October, as I recall. Uh, then in 1981, we went to England because we could stay with Cheryl's aunt and uncle, who were living just outside of London at the time, at a place called St. John's Wood. Um, and then I went into graduate school at the University of Michigan, and that was the end of traveling for a while. You know, grad students do not have a lot of money. Uh, from grad school, I went to being an underpaid assistant professor of economics. Again, not a whole lot of money. Eventually, though, my career took a turn, and I wound up as a project manager. Now, my focus at this point was to keep working and keep the bills paid. We had bought a house. I had a mortgage, you know, and all of the adult responsibilities to deal with. But uh, in 2014, Cheryl told me I should stop talking about someday going to Ireland and just do it. Have I mentioned I married really well? <laughs> So in 2015, we went with my brother and his wife, and we kind of got the travel bug. Uh, the following year, we took a boat and bike tour through the Netherlands and Belgium. In 2017, we took a tour out west and brought our niece along. On this trip, we saw the Grand Canyon, Zion National Park, Bryce Canyon National Park, and Rocky Mountains National Park. We discovered that the West has a lot of stuff worth seeing. And it's like, you know, we need to come back. Then we began talking about buying an RV to do some more traveling around the country. Um, we, we have some friends who started doing that um, years before. 
And we thought, uh, that looks like what they're doing is fun. Um, and in uh, 2018, we went and rented one for a week in the Traverse City area in northern Michigan and got an idea of what we liked and didn't like. Now, this was an RV that was stationary. We didn't take it anywhere. It was on the property, but it was connected to water and sewer and electric and all of that good stuff. Um, and, you know, we formed some ideas of what we liked and didn't like in RVs. Then in May of 2019, Ford, uh, where I worked, decided I was ready to retire. Um, I wasn't planning to retire at that point. Um, my, my initial plan was to work until I was 70 and then retire. Um, and Ford gave me my uh, walking papers a few months short of my 68th birthday. But at that point, it, you know, you're not going to start a new job. Um, so I just said, okay, fine, I'm retired. <laughs> you know, best thing that ever happened to me, really. Then to celebrate our 40th anniversary, we took a Rhine River cruise with Viking. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. And then in February of 2020, we got away from the winter cold with a two-week Caribbean cruise. Of course, the whole world shut down shortly after we got home. But by now, we have bought an RV. And, um, you know, we decided we were going to take a trip over the winter of 2021-2022 to get away from the Michigan cold. Uh, so that's a little background on what we have done before with travel. And now, you know, I'm going to start by taking you through the planning process because I think uh, some of this might be of interest. Um, so in the, the fall of uh, 2021, we started planning our trip. Um, and what we were thinking was we would leave in December of 2021 or January 2022 and probably come back in about three months. Uh, we bought an RV and a truck, um, and we bought them from those friends of ours that I mentioned before who had been doing it for a number of years. Uh, this lady's husband had passed away, sadly, um, and she did not want to deal with the truck or the big RV that he had always handled. Um, so we got a, a very nice uh, deal on that. The truck is fine. It's a Freightliner sport chassis. The RV needed a little work, nothing really major. Um, some things we didn't seem to get working, but, you know, we figured out a lot of that. And one of the things that this trip was about for us was figuring out stuff. Because um, we just, we didn't know anything when we set out. Often it's the, you know, it would be like a button or a switch we haven't figured out yet. Um, now, we were seeing reports that the campgrounds were completely filled with all of the people who couldn't travel any other way. And I have to tell you, this was not our experience. We really, the only place, there was one place that we talked to about getting a spot who said, oh, no, we're all booked. Every other pl place that we talked to, um, it, was, it was no problem. Yeah. Um, 
Now, sometimes uh, in, I think of one situation where we wanted to extend our stay a little, and it was like, well, we can only give you three more days because we've got someone else coming in who's going to take that spot. Um, now, you know, it might be different in summertime. Uh, you know, I keep reading stories about the all of the RVs that are being sold and how many people are going RVing. Um, but it was not a problem for us being out west in the winter. Now, to start learning about planning, I bought a course from a couple of YouTubers um, who have a channel. It used to be called A Streaming Life, A Streamin' Life, N with apostrophe. Um, and that was because they had an Airstream trailer. Um, now, they've since bought some land in Arizona and, and uh, settled down, uh, so they changed the name of their channel to A Dreamin' Life. Uh, but, um, you know, they, they have put together a course, a very detailed and good course, on how to plan a trip and the tools you can use. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes for anyone who is interested in that. Um, I'm happy to recommend it as good value for money. Uh, I may repeat some things from the course in my discussion, but you should really purchase this if you want to get the full value. Now, our starting point was looking at a map. Uh, And in our case, it was Google Maps, which is also what the course was based on and seeing what was due south of us in Michigan. And due south of us eventually gets to Florida. But Florida is where a lot of East Coast people go in the winter, so it might not be the best time to go. But in looking at the route, I noticed Huntsville, Alabama, and told Cheryl I always wanted to go there. This is where the space camp is located, and while I'm probably too old to survive that now, I thought, you know, visiting the facility would be a good idea. As we discussed it, Cheryl suggested maybe a trip around NASA locations might be a good idea. As I've said, I married really well. Now, of course, the hats and t-shirts I have with NASA insignia may have been a clue to her. So, step one was where I started a Google map for the trip. Now, to create a map in Google, you click on the hamburger icon in the upper left. That's the one with three horizontal lines, like a burger inside a bun. And then you select your places. Go over to maps on the left and click on it, and you will see any maps you have created. And if you haven't created one yet, go to the bottom and click create map. I have several in there already. Uh, The first one I created was for our trip to the Netherlands and Belgium in 2016. And I made one of our state of Michigan to help with planning some trips here. But something worth pointing out is that there are maps other people have created and shared, which you can copy into your own maps space. For instance, I did a search and found a map of U.S. national parks and national monuments. I don't own this map. I can, if I wish, copy it into my own collection. But so far, I've not found a need to do this since the map stays available to me. Now, the next thing you need to know about Google Maps is that it is organized in layers. Now, these layers can be viewed individually, or you can view several together, just like the layers in a graphics program like GIMP. This lets you put different information on different layers, which can make it easier to deal with than a single layer that has everything. 
I started with a layer that has all of the NASA places a person can tour. Uh, I did a search. Uh, I found a site on the web called Visit NASA. Um, and again, link in the show notes, which listed all of the NASA visitor centers in the United States. Then in Google Maps, I created a layer called NASA Visitor Centers, and from the NASA site, I grabbed the address of each center, entered it into the search box in Google Maps, and in each case, the map zoomed into the location. A little pop-up box appeared, and in the bottom of this box was a link that said, plus add to map. I did this for all of the visitor centers. Then I went to a box in the upper left. Uh, I've got a picture of this uh, on my website. And that, again, there's a link in the show notes for this. Um, And that box basically is telling me, it's a dialogue box about, you know, what I've done, what I have here. So on the top, it gives the name of the map and the description I gave it when I set it up. Uh, And under that, you can see the layers Right now, I only have one layer, the one for visitor centers, but I know I'll be adding more. Now, to keep the confusion factor down, I want to use different styles for different map buttons. So first, I make sure I have it set to uniform style, right under the layer name. That way, all of my visitor centers will have the same style for their map locations. You can see where it says um, all items there. If you mouse over that, you'll see an icon appear on the right, a paint bucket pouring paint. Um, Click that, and you get your usual selection window uh, where you can click on a color. I picked green for no particular reason. Under that, popular icon shapes, and I picked a circle with a star icon. But You'll see at the bottom, there's a little button you can click for more icons. There's at least 100 icons available in categories like shapes, sports and recreation, places, transportation, crisis, weather, animals. Having all of these available is a big help in planning a long trip. So, with that, my map now shows the United States with about 14 um pins, so to speak, the the icons of a green circle with a white star inside of it. Um, Now, it probably takes longer to explain all of this than it does to actually do it. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I think it took me about 15 minutes to get all of that stuff in there. Now, another feature of Google Maps is that each layer contains other layers, which are the views you can have. This is very useful for planning purposes. When you go to your places, click on a map, and in the lower left, you will see a square that says layers. Mouse over it, and a window opens on the left. To see all of your options, here, click the More button, and that brings up a window where it's going to say map type and map details. Um, Now, map details, you can have transit information for public transportation, uh, traffic information, uh, biking information, um, street view, uh, some terrain information. At this point, COVID-19 information. 
was one of the things they had. I, I don't know if it's going to stay in there long term. I'm hoping not. Uh, and then the map type, you can have the default map type or you can have the satellite view or even a globe view. Um, so how do all these things work? Transit. If you are in a new city or plan to visit one, you can see the various kinds of transit available to you, such as buses or a metro, or in the United States, we tend to call these things subways. Uh, you can get directions and schedules for your transit options. That's a good thing to know. You know, if I, if I take the bus somewhere, when, when is the last bus coming back? You know, it would be handy to know that. Uh, for the traffic, of course, if you're going to be driving in a new location, check out the traffic. You can see the average expected traffic for any specific time and day, which is pretty handy. So um, you, you might want to know that, oh, this always gets really backed up at a certain time every day and, and decide, oh, I won't travel at that particular time. Now, biking. We both enjoy biking. Um I think I mentioned our trip to the Netherlands and Belgium in 2016 was a bike trip in part because we biked from location to location while sleeping and eating on the boat. Now, we brought our bikes with us on the RV trip. Uh, we prefer to find bike trails that are not sharing the road with cars because we live in the United States and there are crazy people here. It's not like Europe, where bikes seem to have the right-of-way everywhere, or at least everywhere we've been so far. Um, so the biking info will give you information about bike paths, separate from streets. And uh, that's useful to know. Terrain. This is also worth looking at. For biking, uh, for instance, we'd like to avoid any steep slopes. But it also matters a lot when towing a heavy RV. Um we ended up on our trip canceling one stop because we realized that the terrain for getting there was not something we were comfortable doing. So it does pay to check that out when you're planning. Now, street view. Uh, this is important when towing an RV because they're big. Uh, ours is 13 feet or about 4 meters tall. And we really don't want to run into low branches or other similar obstacles. Major highways are not usually a problem, and the right GPS can route you away from low bridges. But if someone offers to let you stay on their property, you need to see if you can do it safely, including making the turn into the driveway without crunching into a tree or a mailbox. Street View is great for this. And the COVID-19 info, yeah, you know, I, I hope in a few years it won't be necessary. Now, in addition, you can switch from default map view to satellite view or even a 3D globe view. Um, I don't see a need for a 3D globe for planning my trip, but it's interesting to know it's there. Okay, so we've done a, a number of things in this. We've given you a little background on the travels that my wife and I have done. Introduction to Google Map created a first layer with all of the NASA visitor centers. So next, we're going to move on to further planning steps. So this is Ahuka for Hacker Public Radio signing off and, as always, encouraging you to support free software. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio, 
at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.